With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Third hour of playing Buck starts right now, everybody. And we're going to get into some stories out of San Francisco uh, in a moment, including, unfortunately, it looks like there is uh, reporting of a uh, a fatal incident when someone tried to stop a shoplifting. We told you we just talked about this and how expectations you know need to be realigned here for what people can do, what's safe to do, because... The criminal element is just running amok in these cities. Um, we'll get into that in just a moment. Um, but first off, I, I had to start with this. Clay sent me this clip in the uh, in the break. So because, you know, we talk a lot about uh, political leadership and Joe Biden and can he run again? And are they going to vote for him? RFK is in against Biden. We're also is this. Is this just an intellectual curiosity for us to talk about at this point, or could there be some waves in the Democrat primary of some kind from this? We'll we'll see. You know, should we have him on? Should we invite him on the show? To I talk? think we should you know, definitely this- invite him on the show. He's been right about COVID, and I it, think it's important to credit people who were right about COVID. I I think that that's uh, I think that's something we could do. So we should put out the uh, the bat signal on that one. But we often talk about the Fetterman effect. Um, where Democrats in their stop-at-nothing uh, desire for power are willing to vote for essentially anybody in any state of cognitive ability, health, age, whatever, as long as it is technically legal to elect the person, the recklessness of their elevation to a place of political leadership is not not a problem, right? Doesn't Is it a responsible choice? Shut up, peasants. We're Democrats. We need to win. That's basically the attitude. See Joe Biden. But see John Fetterman, you know, Clay, even more so. And and this is, he's back now. He's leading a Senate, was leading, actually, a Senate panel examining federal food benefits. This is his first hearing as a chairman of a congressional subcommittee. And this is what I want everyone to listen in. This is what it sounded like. Play it. I called this hearing of the U.S. Senate Subcommittee and Food 
and nutrition, specialty crops, organics, and research to order. Chairwoman Stevenow and ranking member Boozman, thank you so much for coming. I thank you for your leadership on this committee, and I look forward to working with you to pass a farm bill. But okay. it's even more. There's even there was a, there are whole periods where I mean that's some of the sound you kind of get the sense of the 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 halting speech pattern. But there's whole things where he's kind of looking. He's quiet. It looks like he's confused. He's leading this panel. He's not speaking extemporaneously. He is trying to read what someone on his staff presumably has directly typed out for him to yes. be able to read in front of him, and that's what it sounds like. And this is important because it is evidence of what they will do with Joe Biden. They do not care. Many of you out there are reasonable. You watch Joe Biden stumble around. You recognize that he is in the grips of rapid decline. And you think to yourself, surely Democrats are going to make a rational decision and not put this guy up for presidency when he would be in office theoretically until he's 86 years old. He's already the oldest president that we've ever had in the history of the United States. And he'll be 82, two years older at election time next year. And he will be theoretically 86. And you might be thinking to yourself, well, that's just irrational. No, look at what they did to Fetterman. And Fetterman is incapable of doing the job. I saw him yesterday, Buck, arrive back capitol hill for the first time remember he's been hospitalized for months now because initially they thought that he was having a relapse of the stroke and then they just decided that he was clinically depressed and i feel bad for the guy but he showed up for work after months wearing shorts and uh basically a hoodie i don't know how long they can keep this charade up but they'll do it for joe biden just like they did it for federal you know i think it's um it's interesting. There's actually a level beyond the Fetterman effect, which we, we were going to talk about this on Monday, but a lot of you know news came in. We had a lot of things to get into. Um, Clay and I were in the pre-show discussing getting into what's going on with Dianne Feinstein and how Democrats are even starting to say, hold, hold on. So she's just she's just not showing up to do the job, not not because she's got a cold or, you know, she broke her leg or something. Diane Feinstein's and and it it hurts to have to talk about this because we actually at a very bit and I, unfortunately I think Clay the Democrats rely on the basic human sympathy that we all have here we've all had I've had I'm sure you've had elderly relatives that we we love so much who can't remember you know I, I remember going to see my great grandmother and she would forget who I was while we were talking oh and yeah get, and sometimes get a little bit unnerved and confused talking to me. Right. So we know what this is like. That is the state of Dianne Feinstein's mind. The New York Times, Vanity Fair, they've all she's still a senator. She cannot remember anything with any consistency. And she's still a serving U.S. senator. And how, how she's uh, 89, she, I believe, 89 years old. And she's one of 100 United States senators right now. And Democrats are only upset about this. Because they worry that they might need, you know, because the narrow margin in the Senate for them, they might need every single vote. And so they need to make sure she shows up. I, I will say this. I've said it before about what they do with Biden. If the Democrats believe that Dianne Feinstein was their best shot for the presidency, they would put her forward. They would not think twice. 
if they thought that they could get her elected and that and that she was who you know let's say she was in office right now as for put biden aside because she's obvious i mean no one can deny this she forgets who she's talking to she can't remember where she is would they put her forward if as president if they thought they could just get enough votes i believe the democrats would do it remember what they said after the worst debate performance that anyone has ever had in any of our lives the Fetterman versus Dr. Oz debate, where it was clear five minutes into that thing that this guy was incapable of speech or coherent thought. They immediately shifted their argument from, oh, he's recovering, this is unfair, he's going to be fine, he's fit for office. Buck, they shifted their argument to, well, so what if he had a stroke? This is an important message to have a stroke victim and elect him because lots of people out there are disabled. That is how dishonest they were. And we came on the show and I said, hey, fitness for the job is probably the single most important attribute that you would want a politician to have if you're being reasonable and rational. Take it outside of politics. You would never say, hey, this quarterback just got a broken arm and we're not sure if his shoulder is also injured. We're not sure if he's ever going to be able to throw again. You would never say, well, let's give that guy a lifetime contract, right? You would say, well, he can't do the job. The last thing we want is a quarterback that's overpaid and can't do the job. Yet they immediately shifted their argument to, we should have a disabled person in the Senate because it's an important message to send. And I don't know, Buck, what the time frame is here. What they're trying to avoid is having to have another race. Because what should happen if there was decency in Pennsylvania is they would say, okay, Fetterman's going to serve for a year, and then his seat is coming back open in the 2024 election, and we will have an election to serve out the remainder of his term, right? The four years that would be left. That's what should happen. They're avoiding that with every fabric of their being because they're afraid that they would potentially lose that seat. And it's all about power. And I think it's an easy analogy to draw with Biden. If you think they're going to be decent and honest, remember what they did to that reporter? Buck, the reporter who just said, hey, he can't speak very well. He didn't seem to understand me. They savaged her for telling the truth about his physical and mental state because she spoke outside the acceptable bounds of what propaganda media is supposed to do. They were really running with the it's ableist. It's it's the equivalent that saying that John Fetterman, stroke victim who can't speak, shouldn't be a United States senator is like, you know, mocking somebody who was in an accident and is in a wheelchair Correct. or something. They, they were putting it on that kind of moral plane because they are immoral. They are reckless and all they care about is power. And you see this with the Democrats. I mean, the Feinstein thing. I mean, can we just sit here for a second and, and just say out loud, she she's, I mean, she's completely, never mind of being a senator, she can't do any job. And it's not, you know, we, you'll say like, you know, Joe Biden couldn't get a job at Outkick, which is true. But I mean, he could at least show up and kind of pretend. Clay, she doesn't know where she is. Yeah. And this it's is a this different is from level. The, and by, by the way, I think she's on the, she is further down the pathway that Joe Biden is on, right? She's 89. <laughs> And Biden at 82 or 83 is not going to be very far behind her, I don't think. There's something about some of these lib boomers where I don't know if there's this, this, you know, the left wing narcissism coupled with just living through a great time in America and and accruing all this power over. 
They won't let it go, man. Yeah. They will not. Look at Pelosi. I mean, these people are so grasping and obsessed with power. I think it's actually mortality, Buck. And we're not that age, so I don't know for sure. But I've seen this in college football coaching where these guys are afraid that if they give up their position of power, they're going to die rapidly. In other words, I I really think this is what it is. I think the Nancy Pelosi's, the Dianne Feinstein's, when you get into your 80s, and I hope to get there one day, but I think they believe it is the work that is keeping them alive. It is that purpose. And if they relinquish that work and that purpose, they believe they will decline even faster. And then you add in, Buck, can't underrate this, the entire apparatus and staff surrounding those people owes all of their jobs to that person remaining in power. So the last thing those people in their 30s and 40s and 50s want is for their boss that they have a good job working for, that they make really good salaries for many of them, to give up that position of power because then they have to go find a new sugar daddy or sugar mama to be able to make a living in the world of politics. You know, this just came in. We just saw this from the press conference, Clay, uh, that I believe it was a few days ago we said on this show, can can one of the handful of actual journalists, reporters uh, in the White House press corps, please pose this question about what Biden and Kamala have been willing to do when it comes to Nashville. Why will they go to Nashville? Not for the families of the uh, those killed by the trans uh, terrorist. Um, the question was asked, Clay, by Peter yes. Ducey, as we were hoping, and I think we should play it when we come back. We'll play that audio for you when we come back. Credit to Peter Ducey for asking one of the questions we've been asking for several days now, maybe even weeks, surrounding the Nashville shooting, which has now been over three weeks. And by the way, we still do not have the Transgender Shooters Manifesto. The FBI has not released it 23 days and counting. Identity theft can happen to anybody. If you're online buying anything, registering for an event, or signing your kids up for summer camp, you're trusting the information you're sharing is going to be confidential. Most of the time, you're right. It'll stay confidential until, that is, it's not. And that's when there's been some sort of data breach, and there's no police force to call, no insurance company to file a claim with. You're on your own. Unless you have LifeLock's identity theft protection, then you have the benefit of a company totally dedicated to protecting your identity by watching for evidence your online information is in the wrong hands and being used without your permission. Now, remember, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but it's easy to help protect yourself with LifeLock. Join now and save 25% off your first year with the promo code CLAY. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to lifelock.com. Use my name, Clay, C-L-A-Y, for 25% off. The Truth Compass, pointing due right every day. The Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. How could the most powerful man in media just vanish from public life? My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. 
I'm a reporter who's covered politics for years, and in this podcast, I'm going to travel far and wide searching for the reclusive Matt Drudge, the founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who've worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. I'll also be chasing down tips from you, the listener, through a special hotline. So if you know where Drudge is right now or have a great Drudge story that might help us better understand the mysterious media mogul, please give us a call at 301-200-2414. Hopefully by the time this show ends, the man who knows Drudge best, Matt Drudge himself, will break his silence and sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. We break open modern-day conspiracies and tell you which elements may be the real deal. Like, did Bill Gates use COVID vaccines to microchip us all? We all do have tracking devices. Mm -hmm. We carry them around. We spend a lot of money on them. And what's actually on Hunter Biden's laptop? You are talking to the guy that has three of Hunter Biden's laptops and cell phone. And what did the deep state build under Denver airport? Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. want to give a shout out to Peter Ducey, who asked a question that we've been talking about a great deal on this program. To reiterate... It has now been 23 days since the six innocent religious school victims were murdered by a trans shooter. We still have not gotten the trans manifesto that we were told almost immediately existed. Reports are that the FBI is refusing to release it. Since that time, Democrats have managed to turn themselves into the victims associated with the expulsion for like two days of two members of the Tennessee state legislature. Now Joe Biden is going to invite all three of those uh, members of the legislature to visit the White House. The two black guys who were kicked out and are already back, and the white woman who begged not to be expelled from the Tennessee legislature. And then as soon as she survived expulsion by one vote, immediately walked outside of the chamber and said, the reason why she didn't get kicked out was because she was white. This all happened. Well, we pointed out that Kamala Harris came to Nashville to meet with these uh, these individuals, these, these Tennessee Democrats, and she didn't take the time to meet with any of the survivors of the Covenant School shooting. And to our knowledge, Joe Biden has yet to reach out at all to the Covenant School victim survivors uh, in any way. And... Peter Ducey just asked Corrine Jean-Pierre about this in the White House press briefing. Listen. So Monday, you're going to have three of the lawmakers who protested. After, Peace, peacefully protested. Who peacefully protested after the Nashville Covenant School shooting. Have any of the victims or the victims' families been invited to the White House? I don't have anything to, to read out to you about any invite. Why? I just don't have anything at this time to read out to you at any invite. What I can say to you right now is that the president is focused on getting things done. 
Can I just point out that that is the press secretary equivalent of pleading the fifth? Yeah. I, I don't have anything for you on that right now. The president is focused on getting things done. That is the most boilerplate non-answer possible because we all know what the answer is. The answer is Biden and Kamala and this White House see more political advantage grandstanding over the three, you know, two lawmakers who lost their jobs for like five days as compared to actually doing something that is decent and human and necessary, which would be as the commander in chief going to Nashville to be with the families and specifically those affected by the trans terrorists mass shooting. Biden won't do it, and we all know why, and we know why they're holding back this manifesto too at this point. I mean, I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'm ninety percent sure. Yeah, it's just disgraceful. I mean, and I say this as a as a kid who went to public school in Nashville and has spent his entire life for the most part here. Kamala Harris got on a plane and came down here to say that the expulsion for a couple of days of these two lawmakers was a direct threat to democracy. She was in Nashville. She didn't meet with anybody who survived or any of the families that were victims well, of that shooting. If if it wasn't, it's not just that they chose not to. They don't like the idea of showing up and drawing and bringing any attention to what happened to the school in Nashville. That's what because it'd be so easy. Clay, they could totally blunt our criticism. Oh, they went to see the lawmakers. They also made time for the families. You and I would sit here and say, all right, they made time for the families. That was obviously the right thing. You know, they didn't go until the lawmaker thing happened, but it blunts the criticism. They don't want to be seen, meaning Biden, the White House, anywhere near the families of those who lost loved ones, including little children, from the trans terror shooting. That is the reality of this White House. You know, the IRS defines small businesses as having five to 500 employees. If you own such a business, have you checked if you qualify for ERC assistance? This is the Employee Retention Credit, which is a refund of taxes you already paid. So long as you were in business through the pandemic, you may well qualify. It takes all of 10 minutes to see if you qualify, and it's worth it. Tens of thousands of small businesses have already received a significant refund. We're talking up to $26,000 per employee kept on payroll during COVID-19. GetRefunds.com has already helped clients claim over $3 billion in payroll tax refunds through the ERC. Go to GetRefunds.com. There's no upfront charge either. They either don't get paid until your business gets its refund or, you know, that's it. They only get paid if your business gets its refund. Many businesses think they won't qualify based off of incomplete or outdated information. Don't let this opportunity pass you by. It is truly limited time. Go to GetRefunds.com. Go check it out today. Fill out the information. See if you qualify. It is worth it. GetRefunds.com. Welcome back to Clay and Buck. I just want to say, Clay, Popcorn Gate got the lines. I knew this would happen all lit. So we will get to your who is at fault, the airline attendant who made the mother of two small children clean up or the messy mom, or at least the mom whose children were messy. Um, we will uh, we'll address this is tearing up the Internet right now. It's uh, it's getting a lot of attention. We'll get to it here in just a moment. Donald Trump. We all know Mr. Trump, President Trump. Uh, he just put out something that I think is uh, is timely because one of the big problems you have in all these cities that we always talk about, Clay, where there's all this decay and disorder and crime, is there's we think of home. We we've been led to believe a lot of people that homelessness is a function of, and this is in the aggregate. There are always exceptions, and we know this, but. 
that it's someone like is just down on their luck. They lost their job and they couldn't make the rent payment and now they've got nowhere to go. Well, actually, overwhelmingly, homelessness, and this is true across the whole nation, involves usually people who have either a either or could be a combination of um, serious substance abuse issue, serious mental health issue or both. Basically, drug addiction and people who really need psychiatric care is the overwhelming uh, percentage of the uh, homeless and like homeless, for, particularly for longer term, right? Not someone who's, you know, for a week they have to sleep in the back of the car, but then they, you know, move in with a family member or something, right? So structural homelessness. There are also people who are, and this has been written about uh, not as much recently, but it's written about kind of vagrants by choice individuals. And this you see this a lot more in Santa Monica. You see this in Venice Beach, out in California, people who are camping out. They've got camping gear. They live on the street. Now, a lot of them are doing drugs anyway. But this, particularly when you're talking about people that are drug addicts who are living on the streets and setting up these little tent or, or uh, you know, cardboard cities, if you will, or cardboard encampments, I should say, um, it results in a lot of crime, a lot of bad things end up happening. Donald Trump has an idea that he put out about what should happen here. Play it. We'll ban urban camping wherever possible. Violators of these bans will be arrested, but they will be given the option to accept treatment and services if they're willing to be rehabilitated. Many of them don't want that, but we'll give them the option. We will then open up large parcels of inexpensive land, bring in doctors, psychiatrists, social workers, and drug rehab specialists, and create 10 cities where the homeless can be relocated and their problems identified. But we'll open up our cities again, make them livable, and make them beautiful. What do you think, Clay? I mean, obviously, it's not so much a federal problem as it is a local problem in most of these cases. But the idea, what do you think? I don't think the idea is bad. Um, I, I can't help but think this is the ultimate real estate uh, mogul move when he says inexpensive land. Uh, I mean, I think most people wouldn't even think about what land would be used, but you are a real estate developer when you're like, we'll do it on inexpensive land. But this is, I would say, the essence of quality of life. I spent a lot of time out in L.A. because Fox Sports has been based out there. I know the beachside communities quite well. When I hear from people who are typically left-leaning, and they might live in Venice Beach, or they might live... Uh, in Santa Monica, these beautiful places in L.A. County, and they have been so, the beaches, overtaken by vagrants that some of these people are like, I don't even want to take my kids to the beach or I don't want to walk down to the park. All the way down the coast of L.A., it's a major issue. And we certainly know that San Francisco, for instance, basically has open-air markets everywhere. And didn't we have a conversation about Miami? Was it you I was having the conversation about homeless people in Miami? How come you never see any homeless people in Miami, by and large? There are some, but it's in a totally different level from what you see in, say, Portland or L.A. or New York. And and my point on that is one of the reasons they'll say, well, we have so many homeless people in L.A. because the weather's really good, right? If you were homeless and you had to live somewhere, it's better to be somewhere where it's not frigid all the time. Wouldn't you think, Buck? that homeless people would want to be in Miami where it is really nice year-round, where you would almost yes. never freeze? Um, so just to give you a sense of it, I mean, you've got uh, in New York City, 
Now, obviously, New York City is many times. It's uh, I can't do the math in my head. Miami's about six hundred thousand. New York City is eight point five million. So call it over ten times. But uh, in New York City, you're looking at about. And this doesn't include the migrants that are now being housed, by the way. Seventy thousand people living in homeless shelters. Yeah, and and uh, on the streets, living on the streets, um, four or five thousand, something like that, at, at any given time. So in Miami, so that was New York City. In Miami, you've got about two thousand living in shelters. So, so thirty. And my point you're talking about a thirty is- a thirty five x difference in the shelter system. When I am in New York City, I expect when I'm walking around in New York City to regularly see homeless people and or be panhandled, asked for money. Like that is a regular occurrence every time I'm in New York City. I was just in Miami. I don't remember seeing a single person who was homeless out on a sidewalk. When I'm in L.A., they're everywhere. In other it's words, different here. cities make cities make choices about how to deal with homeless populations, and some are more effective and efficient than others. And I, I do think that for most people, quality of life means that you can walk down the street and not feel like a homeless person is going to accost you for some reason or other. Because again, many of these homeless people, as Trump said, have mental health issues, so it oftentimes is not safe. Right. Especially if you're a woman or you got kids to be interacting with them. I mean the the vast majority are nonviolent and not not a threat to anybody's safety. But when you're talking about thousands and thousands of people, um, you have to also think of first of all, you don't need a you know even if a small percentage are committing crimes or being violent, that's a major public safety issue. Um, and beyond that. It also, I, I would argue, is is deeply inhumane to do what San Francisco has done, where they've effectively encouraged people to live on the streets in squalor, defecate, urinate, everything you want, drugs in open air. And now, remember, the people that are using fentanyl, which is the main one now in San Francisco on the streets, using heroin and fentanyl, they're also having to feed that habit. What happens when you have people living on the streets who are fentanyl addicts? They have to go commit crimes to get the money to feed the habit. And everyone who knows what heroin does to people knows, then this creates a cycle. It's not that hard to see what happens here. And also, by the way, they overdose. Unprecedented numbers of people. By the way, I think I said it was a San Fran REI. It was the Portland REI, which is an outdoor gear store that has closed because of uh, theft and uh, you know just, just people stealing everything that they can see. And violence in the store, by the way, from crazy people. Guess what? REI, big supporter of Black Lives Matter, left-wing causes, Democrat politicians. We'll take your calls, 800-282-2882, when we come back. But tying into this conversation, we were having a discussion about the dangers of shoplifting. And you know, just to hammer this home, San Francisco Gate, we mentioned it. This story just came out. We said, what do you do if you're a worker? Why do sometimes so few workers feel like they can do anything about all of this theft? A worker in a San Francisco area Home Depot died, as I'm reading from the San Francisco gate, after being shot as he was trying to stop a shoplifter inside the store Tuesday. Two suspects are in custody. And this is two and a two fifteen in the afternoon, Buck. Uh they received police did a call about a man bleeding inside the shopping center at Home Depot. Officers arrived, and he died hours after the shooting. Home Depot said 
The man was a sales associate named Blake. The company wrote, We're heartbroken over this senseless tragedy. Our hearts go out to his family and everyone who knew and loved him. Listen to this. At the scene, witnesses told police the man, quote, attempted to stop a theft in progress. When a struggle ensued, he was shot. Suspects sped off in a car, and they later caught them, uh, but a man and a woman were apprehended. This is how bad things are. 2.15 in the afternoon, San Francisco area Home Depot, a worker there sees a theft in progress, tries to stop it, shot, loses his life. Guarantee you the San Francisco prosecutor will make a, maybe make some noise about this, and then the bare minimum punishment they think they can get away with with charging this guy. That's what's going to happen. We all know that's what's going to happen. And this is what's happening emblematically with a massive increase in so much crime, but in particular theft in so many of these left-run cities. Look, the market's been brutal. Everyone's talking about inflation. It's everywhere. Buck and I recently met with Dutch Mendenhall. Dutch is the founder of Rad Diversified. He's a patriot. Loves our military. Gives a lot back to our veterans. Dutch and his team are experts at buying cash-flowing real estate. They bought. They brought major stability to thousands of investors in the most volatile of times. For a minimum of $1,000, you can access Rad Diversified's lucrative real estate portfolio. Dutch takes pride in ensuring all their investors leave a legacy for future generations. Here's what you do. You visit raddiversified.com to connect with one of their team members to learn more. With Rad Diversified, you can reap all the benefits of being a real estate investor without any heavy lifting, starting at only $1,000. We strongly recommend having a diversified investment portfolio. Rad Diversified can help. All investments involve risk. Consult a financial advisor and read the prospectus before investing. Learn more at raddiversified.com. Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck, a new podcast. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. How could the most powerful man in media just vanish from public life? My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'm a reporter who's covered politics for years, and in this podcast, I'm going to travel far and wide searching for the reclusive Matt Drudge, the founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who've worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. I'll also be chasing down tips from you, the listener, through a special hotline. So if you know where Drudge is right now or have a great Drudge story that might help us better understand the mysterious media mogul, please give us a call at 301-200-2414. Hopefully by the time this show ends, the man who knows Drudge best, Matt Drudge himself, will break his silence and sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. 
Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. We break open modern-day conspiracies and tell you which elements may be the real deal. Like, did Bill Gates use COVID vaccines to microchip us all? We all do have tracking devices. Mm -hmm. We carry them around. We spend a lot of money on them. And what's actually on Hunter Biden's laptop? You are talking to the guy that has three of Hunter Biden's laptops and cell phone. And what did the deep state build under Denver airport? Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome in. Closing the Wednesday edition of the program. We appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Encourage you, as always, grab the podcast, listen on all 500 stations, make sure that you are not missing Clay and Buck every single day. Um, we got a bunch of you who want to weigh in. We were talking earlier. Did you take a strong side in the uh, popcorn gate, the story about the, the the pregnant mom who was asked to clean up the mess underneath her airline seat? I just have to know if the airline attendant said, can you help me? Like, I, I can't come in that heavily on it without knowing. Did she say... Oh, you know, let let's clean this up together or something, and then you know how the mom respond. If she just ordered the mom to clean it up, on not cool, man, not cool. We should note that the still childless Buck Sexton is, in general, basically anti kids on planes. You, I mean, <laughs> that's a little harsh, but I I, I think it's fair. If in your ideal world. There would be no children under the age of what that would be on airplane flights. Wow, really put me on the spot here. I mean, absent special circumstance. Yes. I mean, I think you're, I think bringing a kid on the plane, if they're not old enough to be told, you got to be quiet and behave. So what is that, like three or four? I, I think, I think it's, oh God. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying with all of us who don't have the, the screaming kids with us, like if your baby is, is, you know, four months old, you really, you really have to be on the plane with a four month old? Like, where are you going? I'm just curious. Like, there's a lot of stuff to do at home, isn't there? I know people are going to get mad. I, I want, I want to tell the crew to grab all Buck baby takes for when he actually, young children and baby takes for when he actually has a child. So Buck Sexton on the record. Basically, if you are not older than three or four, you want like a height requirement. Like Pretty it's much. A, like it's a like it's an amusement park ride. Pretty much. You should not um, be able to enter the plane. Um, so for those of you who were not aware, this thing has gone super viral. We mentioned it earlier in the show. Uh, pregnant mom, two young kids, five-year-old and a two-year-old, I think. Massive mess, as young children typically do. And she says that she was told that she had to clean up the mess underneath the airline. Her husband, and I kind of think about this from the husband perspective, shared a picture of this. He's a Major League Baseball player. And I wonder now whether he is being blamed for the ensuing brouhaha. Because initially, I bet she was like, hey, honey, thank you for standing up for me. But now it's turned into everybody has incredibly detailed passionate takes on this and let's go to christy and india i this is one of the few times where i was like i can totally see both perspectives i don't have a super strong take christy and indiana what do you think yes i think i agree with buck there should be a section on the plane for babies yes christy do you have children hold on christy do do. you have children yes 
Yeah, yeah Clay. And I still think there should be a section on the plane I, for the babies. Can I just tell you something, Christy? I think Clay was child splaining to me, which is really just a little bit much. All right, Christy. So, uh, so you also okay. hate children like Buck, but let's move beyond I wanted, that. This this got me fired up too because you know I'm a Midwesterner here, and I could have ten kids, which I do not. I only have one, but I could have ten kids and be nine months pregnant, and I would never ask someone to clean up after my kids anywhere in a restaurant. So you're anywhere. you're on the side of the flight attendant when you hear the yes. details of this story. Well, yes, and I think the one the flight attendant that called in was very kind. You know, I agree, but she should never have had to ask. Like, you know, that five-year-old should have been in there helping pick up the popcorn. I mean, what do you think kindergarten teachers have to do? It's an right. excellent call. It should have been a collaboration under the... By the way, great call, great call Christine. High five. Other it should than have been the cl- fact that you and Christy both hate kids, I thought Christy was really a good caller there. Christy uh, is amazing because she understands. Clay, there are people, there are barbarians among us who will place the small child in not only the, uh, what do you call it, when you get like economy plus area, but they'll buy a first class seat and you're sitting there and you're like, well, if you happen to be fortunate enough, you know, it's a rarity for some of us to be in first class. Now you get crying baby right next to you the whole time. I'm just saying. There's another controversy right now, airline Katie Porter, who is running for the Senate from California to replace Diane Feinstein. Uh, she evidently is on a plane. There was a photo taken. She sat first class and made her children sit coach, which is I've never done this. I think it's I, kind of funny. That's I think that's the move. I'm actually am I with Katie Porter on this? You don't need your children to sit in first class. They're small. I just, but then the kids like well first of all I don't think I can leave my kids in coach because my two oldest and my youngest. Excuse me. I mean, they, what did the family do in Home Alone? Clay. Now, that's true. That's exactly what they did in Home Alone. I'm the, just the saying. parents were it, but you know what they did? They forgot they did lose Kevin a kid, though, because they were sitting <laughs> so. in first class, not in coach. So I'm not sure that's the best argument. Uh, Diane, I, 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 yeah, let's, wait, let's, my let's kids would all fight if we set them beside each other in coach. That's the problem. They'd be rolling around in the floor uh, of of coach. Diane in Salt Lake City, what do you got for us? Well, you know, I've been listening to this for a while, and I kind of see it like. It's about relationships, right? I think flight attendants are always trying to make good relationships with all of their customers. And in this situation, I would have probably said something to the mom like, you look like a great mom. You've got your hands full. How would you like it if your five-year-old could be a helper to me to keep the plane safe and for the pilot because he wants everybody to have a great experience? Would you be so kind to let me address your daughter and then say, to the daughter, hey, here's a bag. If you'll pick that up, that will really help the the pilot the airplane, and you would just be my hero. What, you Diane, know? do you te- do you happen to teach like third yeah, or fourth grade say, or something? Because you, you got a really nice, collaborative, and excellent bedside manner, I must say. You need to explain to the children that this needs to be done for a purpose, which is the safety of the plane. Although I don't think the flight attendant, you know, would have said, "Oh, this is messy. Pick it up." It's almost like this is hazardous. Pick it up, right? Okay. Oh. I, I'm with you, Buck. I, I think I would agree to almost anything Diane asked me to do. I mean, especially if I was a third or fourth grader. I mean, second grader. This is a perfect kid, uh, elementary school teacher call. Appreciate y'all. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.